You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Goal! You know, Hector, I don't know what those announcers, how long do you think the longest goal goes for? It's like a minute and a half. How do they breathe? Yeah, well, the record, I mean, the legend is Andres Cantor from uh, Telemundo. But, uh, you know, he's like number one, dude. Like, he's world-renowned. That's his, his go-to thing. His uh, MO is like the goal call, especially when the World Cup starts. He's you, You'll notice who he is in a, in a heartbeat. Pretty, pretty excited about the World Cup. So let's talk about last week's USL. How'd you do? I did. I mean, loyal. That was a tough game going across the pond, going across country to play at Birmingham. Birmingham's a feisty team. They give everybody too much they can handle. And uh, loyal, unfortunately, had some opportunities at the end that they didn't convert on. So that was my, my slip up. But, you know, it's kind of hard when I'm so passionate about soccer to divide up the objectivity with the emotion. But this time, I think Loyal is going to be one of my picks, and I think they're going to respond this time. I mean, you could have all the strategies, a coach, whatever. It's kind of like that saying in boxing. You have a game plan until somebody punches you in the mouth. Yeah, that's it, baby. Yeah. No doubt about it. Now, the, the one thing about the USL, fairly, fairly late in the season, right? I mean, we're talking about they've had some games they've played. Yeah, they're down to like the last quarter of the season, so probably like 10 games left. Right. What are you seeing in terms of the goals? Are they scoring a lot of goals? Is it mostly overs? Is it mostly unders? What's happening? Well, it depends on the teams, obviously. The offensive-minded teams like the Phoenix Rising and those that are known for scoring, they're still doing their thing, you know. But it's kind of like every year in the USL and kind of like in professional soccer in general, there's going to be changes to teams, to players, to coaches, to venues. So it's gonna that's a lot of chemistry building right now. So, I mean, it could be one week you score zero, the next week you score five, you know? So it's kind of like you have to keep up with those things. Yeah, that was a tough loss for your local San Diego loyal out there in San Diego because the, the team ahead of them won. That's a, that's a, that's a three, three points. Yeah, it swing. looks like San Antonio is going to pull away with that one yep. now. But at least they got a good look at uh, second, taking second place. So let's talk about Saturday. What do you got? So I got three for Saturday, USO Championship matches. Colorado Switchbacks playing at home against Tampa Bay Rowdies. Tampa Bay, the best, uh, one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. They made it to the final last year. They lost to Orange County. And Colorado's at uh, just below San Diego in the three seed in the Western Conference. So they really want to either stay there or at least move up to second to overtake San Diego Loyal. They're going to be at home. Tampa Bay's a, a hell of a team, man. That's one of the perennial best teams in the USL Championship. I think this is going to be a, one of those games that, like, we're talking about offense. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this one. And even though Colorado's playing at home in front of their home fans, I think Tampa Bay's got too much firepower for them. I'm not going to go Tampa Bay 3-2 to two on this one. Yeah, and you know, I'm, uh, you've heard me. If I've said it at once, I've said it a thousand times. If you are not betting soccer, you're missing out. You need to be betting soccer. But if you're betting soccer, don't be confused because on every sport in hockey, baseball, American football, basketball, visitors on top, the home team's on the bottom. But non-soccer, so it confuses yeah. you quite often when you see this team's reversed uh, from the way we do it here. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get your other two plays. You're listening to Soccer Time with Hector on Wake and Bake. Goal! Welcome back to Soccer Time with Hector on Wake and Bake. Hector, I love those. I just love those goal scores. I just love them. You know, it's funny because soccer, unlike a lot of sports, there's a lot of time where nothing's happening between flops and after goals. It's not like you get a lot of goals. If they if they took as much time in basketball after every point as they did in soccer, the game would last 16 hours, you know? Yeah, they, they follow a lot of the uh, old school Vladi Divac mentality, you know? Kinda no like, doubt. Yeah, so exploit the refs, especially if they know it's a weak ref, kind of like at the casino. If you know you got a weak dealer, exploit the weak dealer, you know? Yeah, yeah I, we just watched Casino the other night. So Classic. I love that movie. <laughs> they, say, they say, yeah, they, they find weak dealers like sharks find fish, you know? Yeah. All right, so let's talk about, um, before we go into your last couple of picks, let's talk more about 
uh, soccer betting in general. You mentioned the ladies. Yeah, there's a league, uh, NWSL, that's getting in popularity. Uh, actually, the the union, the women's players, they just uh, signed a few weeks ago a uh, collecting bargaining agreement with the league that gives them uh, better pay, better working conditions. And uh, also the national women's team, the U.S. women's team, they're now on par with the men's in terms of income, in terms of profits and percentages. So it's women's soccer, soccer in general, but women's soccer particularly in this country is going way above and beyond what people used to think about it. So there's this league in WSL. There's this new team, San Diego Wave, that's playing their first season here. And they're making a lot of waves, not to pardon the pun, but uh, yeah, they're in the playoff hunt. Uh, they got a game this Saturday, and it'd be something that people are interested in looking at that league per se for investment or betting or any other purposes. I definitely am all for it. I was on my website the other day, and they offered little league. They had some little league. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you're if you're allowing people to bet the little league, I imagine that you can women's soccer. Now, one of the things that we love about Wake and Bake is the fact that we get to record your show with you at 420. And there's something about 420. In, in my family, because both of my kids use cannabis, it's, you know, whenever 420 comes around, we make jokes about it. My son has stopped the football game if the clock is at 420 and it's stopped. He'll mm-hmm. pause it. It'll call everybody over and they'll say, hey, how much time's left in the game? And it'll make yeah. you say 420, you know. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, 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 women's, the women's deal was incredible because the success that the USA women's team had is 10 times the success that the men's have had on the global stage. And yet they were making a fraction of the money. Yeah, I'm glad they deserved everything they got and then some. And, uh, yeah, the Women's World Cup is in 2023. So the guys is at the end of 2022, then the women's in 2023. So it's going to be soccer galore for everybody that's in, into soccer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, so you, got, uh, you gave out Tampa Bay in the first segment for the USL Championship. Let's get a couple more winners out of you. We brought them up a second ago, San Antonio FC, first place of the Western Conference. They're seven points ahead of San Diego Loyal now, and uh, they're looking to wrap up the division. I mean, there's still games left, but the way they're playing, man, I think they took that lo- loss to San Diego Loyal a couple weeks ago, blowout at the Torero Stadium personal, and uh, I think they're going to use that as a motivating factor to close the season out strong. There were the favorite to make it to the final this year out of the Western Conference, and now they're playing like it again. And they're going to be going up against the RGV Toros. San Antonio's going to be playing at home in front of their home fans. And RGV is a feisty team. When they play, they play up to the competition, and they always give them a, a run, you know. They gave Loyal a run. They, they've given other teams a run that are up in the standings. And But I think San Antonio is just like in a different league, man. Like that, uh, I think that was – I wouldn't say a fluke. I think San Diego Loyal played well enough to deserve a 3 nothing win when they beat San Antonio, but – it's one of those things that you don't see Duke losing a lot of times at home. And when they do, you don't want to be betting against them after that. So it's kind of like I think San Antonio FC is going to pull this one away pretty comfortably, two to nothing. Yeah, Rio Grande is sitting at the very bottom of the standings. But we talked about that in previous uh, shows where the quality teams win the game. The really bad teams take draws. It's not like they get blown out 6 nothing, 7 nothing. They give you a hard time, dude. It's just that mistake here, mistake there miscommunication in the back and they lose by one goal but sometimes on paper that doesn't do some of these teams justice but i just think san antonio's got too much firepower yeah so we've got in the next month or so when we're talking about usl we're gonna have to pay attention to who's clinched and who's out of it because that impacts who's on the field that impacts who wins and, and who loses when you have nothing to play for exactly Exactly. Like all these teams that I'm talking about have playoff aspirations or contentions in terms of making it in or the seeding. And that leads me to my third pick, actually. My, again, my San Diego Loyal that let me down last week. I mean, it's not like because they had few chances. They had a lot of chances. Just the goalkeeper for uh, for the other team was um, the Birmingham was playing lights out. So it's one of those teams you run into like hockey. You run into a hot, a hot goaltender, ask the Kings when they won their two championships and nobody could score on them kind of thing. So I think San Diego Loyal um, is going to actually wipe themselves off from that 1-0 loss that they thought they could have finished a little bit better in that game. And they're going to play El Paso Locomotive in Texas. El Paso is a feisty team. Uh, they've actually played each other earlier this season with San Diego Loyal coming out with a 3-2 win at home. And I think it's going to be another tough game. I think uh, both teams are, even though Loyal is sitting in the second seed, El Paso is right in there fighting for the playoff positioning as well. 
And I think it's going to be, though it's in El Paso, I think San, uh, Landon Donovan, the head coach for San Diego Low, is going to have him ready this time and use the loss to Birmingham as a motivating factor, not to make those same mistakes and actually finishing on the last touch. And I think it's going to be a close one, but I think San Diego Loyal pulls it out at, on the road in El Paso 2-1. to one. You know, that's the one thing. It's got to be so frustrating if you're a coach to have your team beat the team ahead of them and then the next week have a letdown. And what sucks, it's like any sport. You have to travel cross-country the next game. I wouldn't say it's a letdown game, but it's one of those things where you're such an emotional high at home beating the best team in the conference, and then you got to travel abroad. It's one of those things, those little things that people don't. It's kind of like NFL football, playing those East San Diego team or West Coast teams playing on the East Coast in the morning. It's kind of like, and you're traveling and all that, thousands of miles. It's, it gets to you, dude, even if you're a professional. But I think San Diego has got enough to pull this out in El Paso this time. No, there's no doubt those West Coast teams traveling to these. And you've seen in the past in the NFL where if they got two in a row, they just stay there. Yeah. You know, they exactly. just camp out for two weeks on the East Coast. <laughs> All right, Hector, anything else before we let you go? No, nah, man, it's good seeing you. Good talking to you. Let's catch some tickets. All right, looking forward to it. Welcome to Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West here on Wake and Bake. You know, Blackhawk West, I have to be honest, as regular football comes in the past, we've kind of let CFL kind of take a back seat, but I don't think that's going to happen this year. It For me, it's not. And for me, it, it, it will not take a back seat until we get – a better understanding of what goes of what's going on in college and in the NFL. You know, uh, there's a lot of handicappers that would tell you don't touch the first couple weeks of the NFL or the first couple weeks of college. You know, we got week zero around the corner of college. But the way I look at the CFL is we know these teams. We know where they are. There's a lot of injuries. A lot of injuries are taking place. And, you know, Winnipeg just lost a game at, at home. Very uncharacteristic for them. But, uh, you know, as we look at as we as we look at what's coming up, we have a better understanding going into you know week 11 week 12 you know, week 13 we know what's going on in the CFL so uh we would be foolish to ignore that data for a league that's unknown and and we should probably be tiptoeing in so CFL my CFL units are bigger than what my college units are going to be in college really isn't even in the high gear for me until about week three or four how many seasons have we talked about it it doesn't matter what the sport is you got to tiptoe in unless you know something right <laughs> unless you got unless you got some inside information you got to tiptoe in otherwise you're going to be throwing your money away there's no doubt about it and and with this cfl season no one saw bc coming no one I mean, they, they came out opening night, could have called it a fluke. Nathan Rourke, that quarterback, has had more big games than, than any quarterback in the CFL. And the amount of points they're putting up, wide receiving core, the best in, in the CFL. And so it, it's, it's important you let things get going, and the CFL is, is a good example. Now we know what's going on. We know who BC is. You know, we, we were Winnipeg losing a game. Who knows what's going to be the next couple of weeks? That's kind of interesting. You know, Calgary, a lot of injuries. But we know what these teams look like. And, and your data, that easy sports data, is smart now. I was at a wedding last Saturday when I swept the board. And I, I mentioned to you, I couldn't watch the game. I could barely catch the highlights because, as you know, even though at my table there was another guy with his phone on watching a football game, but he didn't have a wife with him. I had a wife with me, so but I ended up hitting the four-teamer. And, you know, four-teamers are four-teamers. That means I swept the board. It means I hit all those straight bets, too. It was a really, really good day. And you, you don't have the confidence right now with preseason or, like you said, the NCAA. But we do have that confidence with the CFL. So let's look at that first game on Saturday. It is a 1 o'clock my time, so that's 4 o'clock Eastern time, right? It's Hamilton at Montreal. Yeah, and so this one, Hamilton is an interesting team to me because every year they find their way into the playoffs, and two years in a row they found their way into the Grey Cup. That whole East Division, Hamilton is sitting at second place being three and six. They looked really good last week. Uh, and what was impressive about the way they came away with a win is they did it with QB3 or QB4, wh wherever the, the gentleman ranks on the roster, uh, and, and they did it with this spread-out run game. 
And their defense showed up at at certain times. They had a really big fourth quarter, hung some points in the fourth quarter. So this is this is the Hamilton that, you know, they pieced together the next three, four, four weeks worth of wins. Hamilton is now back in first place, winning the division. So they this is kind of who they are at this time of the year. So uh, when I look at this game, you know, the big question mark is Dane Evans. You know, he's still listed as questionable. But what Hamilton showed us last week against Toronto, Toronto is a much better defense than what they're about to face this week. Uh, and so I think they're going to have no problem running the ball on Montreal. I think that we're catching some luck with Hamilton being plus two and a half. Montreal is coming off of a win. They had no business beating Winnipeg. Winnipeg was due to lose. And, and Montreal just happened to be the team that showed up at the right time. I think this plus two and a half for Hamilton at the right time is a gift. And if Dane Evans ends up playing in this game, that's going to push them even further and create a passing threat. I love plus two and a half, the Hamilton Ticats on the road going into Montreal to steal it. Yeah, the, the one thing I think that's the, the, the coolest part that you really – very seldom see in the NFL is that back-to-back. Now, with the NFL, sometimes you'll see the the last game of the season these two teams play, and then the next week they both made the playoffs and they play again. But in the CFL, they have back-to-backs all the time, and it really is makes it easier to handicap. It kind of does because it it, 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 it'll, it makes it easier after the twofer. You know, like Calgary and Winnipeg played each other two weeks in a row. Winnipeg beat them both times. All right, cool. Winnipeg, it's probably safe to call them better than Calgary, right? You beat them two weeks in a row, a home-and-home scenario. Uh, So it is unique that that they have the two in a row. And, you know, this season, uh, the home field advantage is not as as important as it was in the past. You know, BC and Winnipeg, they're just kind of winning all their games. So they're mostly they're home and on the road, but they're just kind of winning them all. But, you know, Toronto's home field advantage is usually pretty strong. It hasn't been this year. In years past, going into Edmonton and getting a dub. But this year, you know, everyone's beaten Edmonton. But Now, we talked about with Winnipeg because they they had this incredible record. But the bottom line is, away from home, or at home this year, they were 1-2 against the spread. And they ended up losing the game. So Yeah, and, and, you know, Winnipeg, they've shown up. Their coaching is really on, on full display in the job that they've done. But they they have a, a rebuilt uh, wide receiving core. I mean, the, the wide receivers that they lost to free agency. I mean, you lose Kenny Lawler to free agency. I mean, that that's a top three wide receiver in, in this CFL. And, uh, you know, they, they, they've lost wide receiver one and wide receiver two going into this season. And, you know, they, that's kind of been a rebuild. And so... Uh, you know, Winnipeg hanging on the way they have is is really been impressive, and 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 the defense. I mean, that that's the same. I, I <laughs> it sounds crazy, but I would love to see Winnipeg play against an NFL team. I just think that that defense, the way that they're coached, is really fun to watch. Well, you know, that would be a trip because if they did like one game on an NFL field and one game on a CFL field, you know, with that 12th guy, it would be wow. Well, and you get the you get the three downs versus the four downs, and that would be interesting too. Yeah. Uh, NFL coaches' heads would explode, I think. So when we come back from break, we're going to catch a second game. We're going to talk a little bit more about where we are in the CFL season because it's Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West here on Wake and Bake. Welcome back to Saturdays in Canada with Blackhawk West from 151 Sports Investing here on Wake and Bake. And you know what? The CFL has, so they're about uh, not not halfway yet in terms of the games, but some of the teams are halfway in terms of how many they played because they're going to go 21 weeks. And, of course, they all get buys. But they have a unique playoff. Uh, I don't know. What would, you, what would you call that playoff thing? They What do they call it? Well, they, it, it, there's a swap that happens, and you know you can call it a lot of different things, but but basically, it, you know, in the east or the west, the top three teams go to the playoffs. The first place team gets a bye, but if the the fourth place team is better than the third place team record wise and points wise, they will do a swap. So if the season ended right now, Saskatchewan being being the number four seed in the west. They're five and four, which is better than Montreal's three and six third place. So Sask would actually go over to the east, and they would be coming out of the east from a playoff standpoint. And I got to tell you, it, Saskatchewan, if you look at who they would play, 
as of right now, they would play Hamilton. I, I think it's easy to say Sask would beat them. And then in the conference finals for a trip to the Grey Cup, they'd play Toronto. And they would go into Toronto. So it just depends on which version of Toronto we get. Uh, but I I would probably take Sask money line against Hamilton and against Toronto. And and so the number four team, it hasn't happened in a long time. It has happened, but it's been a while. But that number four could go to the East and realistically find their way into a Grey Cup. And at this point, I think they'd be playing BC. Yeah, you've got you've got an East division that's eleven and twenty three overall. Not one team over five hundred because Toronto's in first place, first place at four and four. And then you look over at the West, and everybody except the Elks, and, and thank God for the Elks, of course. Every, everybody except the Elks has a winning record. There is no winning record in the East Division. I I think that when it's all said and done, you know, I think that Hamilton is going to be the one. Uh, but there is no winning record right now. That's one of the cool things. You take the comparison to the NFL. The NFL will not do anything like that. You you could have an eight and eight team win the division, and they're going to the playoffs. I mean, that's oh, we've had a seven and we had a seven and nine one year, didn't we? And the difference it was a couple of years ago the Chiefs and the and the Chargers, and and there was a difference between the number one seed or the number five seed because of the other the other first yeah. place or the other yeah. first place uh, records. And, and it's wild the way that that goes on. But the CFL does it the right way. You're in fourth, but you're better than third. Sorry, third. Adios. Go home. Yep. No doubt about it. So let's look at that uh, the late game, Saturday night, it's 10 o'clock Eastern time, Calgary at Toronto. I'm looking at Calgary coming off of a terrible loss in the closing moments. I mean, Calgary had BC. And, and, and so to lose it this way. Now, we were winners because we took plus two. But uh, Calgary losing by one point in the closing seconds of the game. I mean, that is a hard way to lose a game. Uh, Toronto is also – Toronto's also coming off a loss, but they're at home. And so Calgary's beat up here. Calgary is beat up. If we, When we look at both teams, both teams are on a second string running back, uh, although I don't think it's going to hurt Toronto the same way that it hurts Calgary. Calgary is without, without carry. And then you look at their wide receiving core. They're without Beg- – Begleton did not practice. Uh, Henry did not practice and Philpott did not practice. So three of their four top receivers did not practice and they're going to go into the game as questionable. So, and along with Q, along with RB one, that's a, that's a lot of not practice uh, as of today. So it's really hard to, to go here, but just because personnel wise, the roster is way better. Calgary statistically is better, but I have to take the points on a team coming off of a bigger loss and I feel like maybe Calgary has lost enough of these close games that maybe there was one big one a few weeks ago where they came back and they, they won a game they shouldn't have. But, but I feel like Calgary is kind of lo- learning how to lose these close ones. Uh, they got an incredible defense. They're putting up a lot of points. You know, statistically, they got a bump from beating Edmonton 49 to, th- to 6. But um, I, I, I like the points. I, I'm going to take Toronto at home plus two and a half. They're a healthier roster, and they're at home. There's no doubt, Wes, that sometimes teams sit around waiting to see how we're going to blow it this week. And, you know, Bo Levi's had a good season. I mean, he really, compared to the way that he looked last year, last year he looked hurt. But but after last week, they did everything they possibly could to, to beat this BC team that just would not lose. I mean, they just would not lose, and, and they hung 40 on them. Nobody has hung 40 on Calgary this year. and I'm sorry, 41. And so I think you're right. I, I, I don't know that Calgary is waiting to lose, but they're learning how, that's for sure. No doubt about it. All right, so we've got you, Blackhawk West on Twitter, at 151 underscore sports. But every week now during football season, you're going to be uh, discording, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to start after week zero. You know, the week going into week zero, so next Thursday, we're going to talk just about bankroll management, approach going into the season, a lot of financial coaching going on there. And and then the following week, we're going to get into picks and strategy behind the picks and, and talking about tiptoeing. And, uh, but, yeah, we're, we're going to get on our Thursday. It's a live recording, so, it, so there'll be a group. Whoever is a member of the Chicago Options Trader Group, they will be uh, able to, to log in and, and do some Q&A stuff, and then the recording will get saved for all the members to have access to. That is a valuable – I mean, everything we do is valuable, but but I've listened to that. That's a valuable recording, no doubt about it. Yeah, the, the approach we're taking is we want to teach people how – 
to make the smartest moves possible and protect the bankroll. I'm giving out picks, but my main goal is that everybody is approaching this thing in a way that, that you protect yourself and, and you're profitable. Then that you have done, my friend, that you have done. All right, Blackhawk West, we'll talk to you in week zero. Yeah. You've been uh, joined by Blackhawk West here on Saturdays in Canada on Wake and Bake, and we'll catch you next time. I want some more. I want some more. I want some more. Welcome to more winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show. We want Mo, we want Mo, we want Mo. Hey, Mo, you had a pretty good weekend. I know for a fact that I won money on the Indianapolis Colts in the first quarter. How else did you do your plays? Do you remember? I hit the uh, same game parlay on the Colts game in the first half, which was really good. So, uh, you know, it didn't matter what happened the rest of the game because I uh, I was a winner after the first half. I've been trying the preseason games only to play the first half because you get more starters playing. You'll get some second teamers in there. Second half, it's a crapshoot. So right now, uh, I think my preseason strategy now is to only play the uh, first half. It's a unique world. Okay, so we had the first week, and I did pretty good. Now we got the second week coming up with where now they've got to start really making some cuts, right? These guys, these rosters drop, you know, another five or ten people. Then, though, we've got the, the third week. Remember, there used to be a fourth week. Now there's a third week, and then they don't play again. So they got a couple weeks off. So uh, it'll be interesting to see in that third game how far they let their, their starters go. Because traditionally, what, it would be the first half, right? Right, and then you're looking at guys who are not only trying to make the team that they're on, but they're also auditioning for other teams when they get cut. So that third game becomes a really important game in the second half for those guys. Oh, big time, big time. So let's talk about where we're at in the sports betting calendar. We're at baseball where the playoff races are really exciting this year because they've added a team. We've got NFL, again, is finishing up. But next Saturday, our show is going to have real live college football games that count. How exciting is that? You know, college football is exciting, but, you know, since you don't get a preseason like the NFL, you know, you had a lot of guys graduating from a lot of the top teams last year. So it's going to be interesting to see this first week of college. I usually try to take that off just to see where everybody's at because you're going to have new quarterbacks for three of the top four teams from last year. So I, uh, I, uh, I know a lot of people can't wait to jump into the betting, but the first week of college is usually a week that I take off because I want to see how the teams are gelling since there's no preseason. And we've talked about that in any league ever in the history of sports. That first week or so, you need to tiptoe because, don't get me wrong, you want to throw fractions of units down, you know, a handful of bucks here just to have some action. That's fine because, you know what, it really is a little better when you're watching a game. But that's where having that live action really comes in because you could star in the fall game right in the spring game all those are great but that's playing against your own team when they come out and and hector mentioned it today in soccer when you get punched in the mouth that's when the fighting starts so it'll be interesting to see how the live action uh, on week one august 27th a week from uh, saturday so so definitely something to, to to take into account where are we with uh giving people some winners for this week well, one of my biggest things, and I learned it last year a lot in baseball, was this is the time of year when you're going to get teams that are out of it playing a lot of young guys. So you're going to see some out-of-whack scores. I think we saw a score the other day where the Cardinals whacked the Rockies 12 to nothing. So you want to watch for teams that are that are competing for a playoff spot, playing these teams that are already out of it, playing young guys, and maybe watch and try not to get caught up with those big lines because there's going to be some astronomical lines out there and, and trying to get caught up in those. Not so good. It's a, it's a terrible thing to, to be chasing your tail. And the same thing with the first week of college football. You know, there's nothing worse than getting down big and chasing your money the rest of the season because, as we know, that very rarely works out. Oh, and, and especially when you're talking some of these baseball lines, well over 300. We talked about it uh, earlier on the show with John from GMF Sports Consultants where you got a minus 360 team. You, you have to sweep the board you have to hit all four games if you go three and one you lose 60 bucks 
Yeah, you know, baseball for me has been one that I've always tiptoed around. I know that you've done very well uh, with baseball, but, man, it's it's such a crapshoot nowadays. And, you know, you've got top-of-the-line pitchers where the line, you know, is ridiculous because you're playing a Clayton Kershaw, but then these guys are only pitching four or five innings. So baseball to me has become, uh, you know, one of the most difficult sports, I think. To bet. I've had more success betting hockey than I have betting baseball. Well, one of the things that I've known as, as I've worked out, remember, we got John from GMF Sports, Sports consultant is a great baseball handicapper. One of the things I've learned is I don't necessarily look at the innings. I look at the pitch count. And when you got a guy that's consistently thrown seven, seven and a half innings, you know, seven and two thirds innings, whatever, and he's throwing 104, 105 pitches, at least you know that guy is going to be there. The other thing is, too. As if you look, I mean, I think we're going to be close to setting another record for strikeouts in Major League Baseball. So, you know, there's some statistics that are those, you know, second and, and third line statistics that, that could come into play. You know, I, I've been betting over under strikeouts a couple of times and, and done all right because, man, baseball hitters, it's become more of an all or nothing game. They're they're either hitting the ball a long way or they're striking out. So, uh, you know, some over unders and strikeouts is, is, has been working all right for me in some parlays this year. Oh, yeah, you could find when you could find a power pitcher that, that throws a lot of strikeouts and he's facing a team that swings and misses a lot. It's 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 a good combination. Don't get me wrong. It's still going to be a negative number in front of the odds, but it's sure going to be minus like the Padres on Thursday with you Darvish or minus three ninety. I mean, who are they playing the the? the little league team from right. Venezuela or what, you know? I like baseball and I, I like betting, but man, there's, there's some days I just look at the, at the sheet and I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do with some of this? So I've been trying to pick out some secondary stats for, you know, parlays and trying to stay away from some of it, but you know, it, it's a fun game to bet, but boy, you're right. It can turn on you on a dime. No doubt about it. All right. When we get back from break, we're going to talk about baseball turning on a dime. You're listening to more winners with Mo from the Mo radio show on wake and bake. Welcome back to more winners with Mo from the Mo Radio Show. Mo, we, we were talking about it can turn on a dime. I know that the thing that ticks me off about betting baseball the most is when they take out a pitcher, they put him on the bench, and you see him, and he's up, you know maybe he's upset because he got taken out, and the next guy either walks somebody or gives up a home run, and you know that guy's thinking I could have done that, you know. Yeah, I mean, the way that the baseball is managed now was so much different even than it was, you know, eight, ten years ago. It's it's all about load management and trying to keep guys fresh. But, man, I'll tell you, it, uh, it, it's it's a frustrating thing now, especially with the analytics nowadays with the, these managers try to live and die by. It's, it's, it's made it so hard to try to bet baseball. All right, so let's talk about some football. On uh, Saturday, we've got uh, Detroit, uh, actually, the show airs Saturday, so today, right as we get off the air, again, that's why it's called Wake and Bake. You get it when when it's San Diego time. These games are early. You, you kind of got to hit the pipe or the bong or the bowl or whatever you're hitting. Uh, you you kind of, because otherwise, it's a grind, especially, you know, we're going to be going from now until Super Bowl. But Detroit, you know, I guess from what I understand, that hard knocks is making them look like a pretty good organization. Uh, and they're actually favored at the Colts this week. They're favored by three. And sadly, I like Detroit in this game, even though Indianapolis is my team. This team under this coach, Dan Campbell, they play their hearts out for this dude. We watched it last year when they, uh, you know, they lost so many games by seven points or less. Uh, you know, Indianapolis still trying to figure out in the receiver room. Matt Ryan's new. Jonathan Taylor will not play. Uh, you've got some injuries on the defense. Their new tight end towards Achilles in practice on a non-contact injury. This is going to be a home game for them, but I like the way this Detroit defense flies around. They've got some young guys on there that that just don't know any better. You know what I mean? Like they go out there and you've got guys who are sixth and seventh round picks trying to make this team. And the way that, uh, that Dan Campbell fires you up, man, I, I'm ready to go out there and hit somebody for him. As much as I hate it, I like Detroit uh, in this game. Uh, you know, you've got Aiden Hutchinson, who was the number two overall pick, who's probably the best player in this draft. Uh, you know, got to stay home uh, in Michigan and play. You know, he's, he's still living with his parents and, and going to practice every day. I'm going to say Detroit covers this game and I'm taking Detroit against my hometown 
touchdown team. You got to think they're to charge them a couple hundred bucks a month for rent, though, right? I would hope so at this point. On that kid, on that kid. Yeah, I'm thinking with that kid, you want to tell him, we'll cover your rent. You got to pay for your own food. (laughs) (laughs) That dude must eat like a horse. But, man, he's fun to watch. Yeah. All right, and then uh, that night, uh, Saturday night, we got the 10 o'clock Eastern, Dallas at the Chargers. Boy, Dallas fans really believe every single year they got a shot at the Super Bowl. And, and the Chargers fans, they really, they've got some great, great talent, but I think they're forgetting they've got the curse of the Spanos family on top of them. Yeah, you know, it's sad to see a great young team like this be cursed with such bad ownership. Uh, it's frustrating to watch for the Chargers because, it, let, let's be honest, I mean, that's, you know, your team, and, and they should uh, last year have gone a lot further, but I think there are times that this bad ownership hangs over them. Uh, you know, but you're talking about a Dallas team. A lot of times you're worried about team traveling to the West Coast, but since uh, Dallas holds their training camp in California, not going to be much of a, a thing for them. I like the San Diego team a lot. I think they made some good moves in the offense season brought in a guy like Khalil Mack uh you've got Justin Herbert there uh who's fantastic uh they've got a fun offense they've got the uh, highest paid uh, safety ever in the league now in Derwin James uh they're keeping this team uh you know pretty much intact for these young guys that they've drafted and they draft very well I mean there are so many homegrown guys on this team that are fantastic players are going to be all pros I like this Chargers team I like them in this game and I really like them for the season I really think they've got a shot to win this AFC West and you're talking about a team that now has Devontae Adams in it in this division you're talking about uh, you know Patrick Mahomes I think this team is really good I'm I'm excited to watch them play they're full of young superstars there's no doubt about it Uh, again you but you look how their season ended with the Oakland game where all they needed was a tie, and they would have gone to the playoffs, and they gave the game away to Oakland, and, and Oakland went to the playoffs. It's those kind of things, I think, that are their Achilles heel. It's not the players. When you have such a young team, sometimes that kind of stuff happens. I think that, uh, you know, Justin Herbert with another year uh, under his belt, I, I've heard some good things about him really becoming a leader on that team. And, you know, I think that maybe that last year that that wasn't he wasn't fully that leader. He didn't have that voice yet. So I think that this year uh, you're going to see a different Justin Herbert just having that voice feel more comfortable back there uh, after having a year under his belt. And, and I think this team does a lot, to, a lot of good things. There's no reason we couldn't see three teams in the playoffs from the AFC Oh, there's no doubt he's doing things that when you see, I've always loved that when they say names of people that have done what this kid's doing, and these are names that you know, you know the kid's doing something special. For them, it's going to be just being healthy. You know, can he stay healthy? Can this offense stay healthy? And you've got some guys on defense uh, who are fantastic guys who are star players, uh, you know, and Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack, guys though who have missed games and, and numbers of games with injuries. So can they keep these guys healthy? That's going to be the big thing. Because when you look at them on paper, they're a team to be reckoned with. No doubt about it. All right, Mo. What we will do is remind people they can follow you on Twitter at Mo Radio Show, and we will talk to you again next time. All right, my friend. Talk to you next week. Sports Betting Weekly. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Welcome to Sports Betting Weekly here on Wake and Bake. We've got John from GMF Sports Consultant. Now, John, we're getting ready for the new season. We haven't talked to you on the camera, but we have, of course, talked mostly every day with our text threads. Did you know that right now in Tanzia, it's 420? Wow. That's there you go, baby. It's always 420 somewhere when we're when we're talking sports betting and cannabis at 20 after the hour. It's just a matter where it is. That's amazing. Worldwide. Uh, shout out to uh, Tanzia. You know, like I said, not only do we mix uh, sports betting now with the uh, wake and bake marijuana, but I guess now we get some geography mixed in as well. There so you that- go. World geography what, uh, 420. <laughs> there you go. That would be your PhD version. <laughs> All right. So let's do this. Um, let me, before we do anything more, let me remind people of where to reach you. It's John at uh, on Instagram, GMF underscore sports underscore consultants. And I would say the question I would have for you is, how is baseball season going for you? Uh, baseball is going very good. Uh, we had a great first half of the season. Normally, towards this time of the year, we really start kind of slowing down a little bit. This time of the year gets tricky. There's, you know, teams already kind of, I don't want to use the word tanking, but, you know, they're bringing up some of their minor league players. 
Um, there's been some injury issues, you know, kind of some of the top seeded teams are are left out there, but they're, you know, very high juice as far as odds wise. So we really get a little bit picky and already with preseason football on, everybody has football kind of angst going on. So we're just getting ready for football to kick up, kind of winding down our MLB selection. And we'll be looking forward to uh, the start of the season for NFL here very shortly. It's brutal. Minus 360 I saw today on a line. And we talk about it all the time on Sports Betting Weekly. You, you can't make a living in sports betting minus 360 you just not, can't not at all if you're, if you're playing those odds in the long run you're gonna do nothing but hurt yourself um so this is the time of the year where you start looking at alternatives um uh, we had that conversation uh last night where you start looking at over-unders and you start looking at maybe even team totals because that's more of your t- traditional minus 110 juice. I can't personally see myself laying anything over minus 200 in an MLB game. It just doesn't make sense, especially for this time of year. And like I said, more than likely, you're just going to hurt yourself playing that in the long run. You have to have such a high winning percentage because, you know, we talk about it all the time. You yeah. won three, so you won 100 on each of those three. So you lost. Now you lost 360. So you're three and one. And you've lost 60 bucks. That's not good. Doesn't equal out very good. Yep. And then you are now in pure proxy mode, I would imagine, for all the contests in Vegas, right? That is correct. We're actually getting into the prime proxy season. Similar to how the NFL season, a lot of people wait. I think we're only up to maybe around 1,000, 1,100 people in the circuit contest. But I would expect that to be close to five or 6,000 entries. And that's all going to happen within the next three weeks. All well, right, because we've got, what, two more weeks this week and next week preseason. And then they and don't then, just go right into the season. They're off another week. Yeah, they're off another week. Correct. Yeah. And you can actually sign up right until the ninth. Um, which I believe was that first Thursday night game. You can sign up right into there. 85% of, of all these uh, contests here, uh, especially for Circa, is going to be done within these next couple of weeks right here. So we're really starting to ramp that up for the proxy. Right, and if they're looking to join any of those contests, they can hit you up on Instagram at uh, GMF underscore sports underscore consultants, and you can help them be in a proxy. Exactly. Yep. That that's what I do. We can get your bets in. You know, you're allowed to enter these contests regardless of where you live in the United States. Unfortunately, it's still law that you have to be physically in the state of Nevada to put these bets in. Um, this is where my proxy service comes into play. It's totally legal, totally allowed. Everything's documented when you sign up that I'm your proxy and it's all legit with Circa. So once again, this is anybody who is outside of the state of Nevada, you're allowed to enter and you're allowed to get in the contest. You could win up to, I think the top prize is a million dollars this year and they give out a whole bunch of other prizes too. So start the contest. Do you have to go the first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to visit this. I'm, I'm allowed X amount of entries that I can do personally on my own for people who want to enter the contest. For instance, I did one for uh, Blackhawk Black Hawk West. Shout out to Blackhawk West. Congratulations on the new family member there and everything. So I did one for him. I normally tend to only do that for personal friends and family. And I would recommend that uh, people who are not familiar with their proxy do that as well, because you never know exactly who you're sending money to and whether or not you're actually registered into the contest. But I, but I can register up to eight people without them physically being here. But I always recommend, especially people that I don't know, I say, look, you have to come to Vegas at least for a day. So that way we can do all the paperwork and get you all legit. And then after that, you're good to go. That and makes sense. Also, you also have an excuse to come to Vegas for a day or two. So, you know, that's that's a good reason. <laughs> well, what was, the, what was the thermometer reading in Vegas today? Right now, it's it's a, it was a hundred today, still a yeah. hundred. Yeah. But inside the circuit was uh, pretty cool, I imagine. Yeah, inside the circuit, it's nice. They 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 even got an indoor swimming pool from. The- <laughs> yeah, I saw for the rains, Mother Nature, and a fifth body was found in Lake Mead. So all those casino and, and mob movies, they weren't making it up. It makes you wonder. We've been getting a lot of rain the last couple of days, so you you know I don't want to be one of those conspiracy theorists, but it makes you wonder. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so let's do this. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to you about something that we could cash this weekend. You're listening to Sports Betting Weekly on Wake and Bake. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Sports Betting Weekly on Wake and Bake. We've got John from GMF Sports Consultants. And again, John, it's just really cool when you are discussing something at 420. It's 420 somewhere, and we figured out it's 420 in Eastern Africa. Now, last week we talked to Mohammed from 151 Sports Investing, and it was 420 on in Western Africa. And Africa is a pretty big continent, of course. It really is. It becomes a little bit of a geography lesson. <laughs> Physical geography here on Sports Betting Weekly. But let's let's look at this weekend. It's wake and bake. So we get up in the morning. Now, where you and I are different than some of the guests we have is it's early when football starts. And remember, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after this. So next week's show, we'll have live college football. It counts. This is the real deal. Yeah. And so I'm pretty excited about that. But but what are you looking at this weekend, and where can you find a nugget or two for the guys to make some money cashing tickets? Uh, well, for right now, you know, obviously it's going to be MLB. I don't really suggest that anybody um, put any substantial amount of money on NFL preseason. Um, you know, there are certain trends and there are certain, you, you know, tendencies that certain coaches uh, tend to play with in the preseason. But I wouldn't recommend anybody – putting substantial amount of money onto that. Um, right now, we're still going to stick with Major League Baseball. That That's what I'm going to do. And uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to see how these uh, Yankees series play out because they have a ton of injuries and they have a, a big kind of series matchup versus Toronto, who is also on a little bit of a downswing here. But overall, I think Toronto has obviously the better offense up to now. Um, especially they just started the series right now and the Yankees were losing too. Uh, like I said, born and raised in the Bronx, I'm a big Yankee fan, but I, I think I'm going to have to continue to fade the Yankees at this point until they show me some type of life because right now the only buddy that's doing anything uh, substantial is is Aaron Judge, and it just seems like the, the whole team in general is just a little bit on the downtrend, which you kind of almost would expect because they had a great first half of the season. So you got to you know, configure there's going to be some type of regression. But, I mean, just since the All-Star break, it's been tough to watch, especially when you're a fan. But they haven't really lost that much. They've lost like three games in the standings because the teams behind them are exactly. oh, they're playing under 500. The teams behind them are only playing 500. And and you talk about Aaron Judge. I saw they pitched around them last night with the bases loaded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bases loaded. They wound up walking in them. And then, of course, that created a whole situation with that. Um, and that was a very much needed win. But yeah, as as of right now, I'm just going to continue to almost fade them and their pitching. I was surprised that they traded Montgomery, who just got traded to the Cardinals, who now the Cardinals are playing pretty well this time of year. And they're looking to make, you know, their postseason run. That's Saturday morning. Soon as we're done, that game tips off in New York, Toronto yep. and New York. It looks like Cole's going to be starting, and that's that's a perfect example. And Cole's on the mound. The odds are just, it's really hard. You almost have to take the run line, but the Yankees aren't putting points across. They're not scoring runs. Points up. Yeah, I, I haven't even looked at the lines, to be quite honest with you, all the matchups. But anytime Cole is pitching, especially because he's going to be at home, it's going to be minus 200 or up. I can guarantee you that. And it's going to be minus 200, assuming the Yankees are going to lose today. And even if they lose tomorrow, they're still going to be minus 200. And, yeah, I, I just can't do it. You, you know, at that point, you're almost better off taking Toronto, even with the plus 1.5, you, you know, in that situation. Like I said, I, I there's just nothing that they're showing me uh, as far as their attitude and, and, and just their bats lately that, that would make me want to take them. And kind of what you said, you know, they're in a, a situation where they've had injuries, but they had such a big lead. Yeah, and none of the other teams have capitalized. Houston has, but not in their division. They're pretty comfortable. I think they're still up double digits. So, yeah, Houston has, has kind of took reins of the – uh, AL conference, and now they're going to have the home field advantage, which is going to be tough for the Yankees. And like I said, just the injuries. They're missing a lot of key pieces. Rizzo, Stan, that hurts the middle of the lineup. Now they're only focusing on Judge. And then you're putting guys in these predicaments where they're not used to being, you know, in these situations. And, you know, sometimes they feel like they have to do that much more. And then that's where we run into these issues. And just on the other aspect is when you do take them on the run line, because at least then it gets it down to minus 160 or minus 140 or whatever. You're still a big minus number. You lose the ninth inning if they're in New York. 
Exactly. So now you you lose 11 percent of your of your at bats, and you got to score two runs or more. It's just it's a tough spot. So before we let you go, let's look at the the rest of the MLB. Give me two more teams that you're thinking it's going to finish strong. I would continue to ride the Astros. Um, I just think the way they're playing right now, their rotation is looking good. The batting is 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 right there. They've continued to be pretty consistent throughout the season. Obviously, they have the best record in the AL. I don't want to say the Dodgers because the Dodgers are going to be another one of those minus 200 teams, especially when they're at home. But I'm really impressed with the way uh, the Atlanta Braves are playing because they made up consistent ground these last couple weeks just coming off the series with the Mets and also the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, I think the Philadelphia Phillies are a team to watch moving forward because they they had some people hurt and now they're starting to get certain pieces back. And I think their rotation in general with, with Wheeler and the other pieces that they have, it's going to be very intriguing to see where they land in this situation. Obviously, the Mets and the Braves are the talk of that division. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of end the end of the year. They need Bryce Harper back. Um, they haven't had him in a little bit of time. So, uh, you know, when he comes back, obviously you're talking about an MVP that could definitely make an impact and, and push Philadelphia into the contention for being up there in the in the uh, NL East. He's taking bad practice. I think he's going to be back soon. That's a big addition to any lineup. Oh, of course. Well, so anytime you get the middle of the lineup, guys hurt. Like, like I said, similar to how, you know, Stanton and, and, uh, and Rizzo were out for the Yankees. You get guys who get pushed in this position and it, and they kind of do too much because they're not used to being in there. Bryce Harper is, he's an all-star. He's put up MVP numbers, a Vegas boy, home, homebred yep. Las Vegas. So obviously that's going to make a big difference to the Philadelphia Phillies. And I just like how they're playing right now. They're in a, unfortunately they're in a tough division as well because they have the Mets and the Braves who just continue just to win games. The Braves uh, are in a similar situation to where they're getting some pieces back too that they didn't have. And they're, they're just playing really, really good ball. And if you know about the Braves the last couple of years, you know, this time of the year is when they really start to, to show out. So that that's where I'd be looking to possibly make some money. There you go. And then the other thing you got to remember, too, with these teams that they may not get that division title. All you got to do is get in the race. You got to get one of those three spots for the wild card because no. then anything's possible. It's playoff baseball. Exactly. Especially this year because they have the expand, expanded wild card. So you never know. You know, come come September, October now, it's all about who's playing hot. You, you only got to get hot for those couple weeks. So No doubt about it. All right, John from GMF Sports. Again, uh, if you, you need a proxy for the contest or you want, you know, if you're struggling, if you're struggling, he has a pretty decent package. And, uh, you know, you mentioned you, you heard him on Sports Betting Weekly. You check out GMF underscore sports underscore consultants on Instagram, and he will take care of you. He's been Cashing tickets for us, guys, for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. He's not an overnight sensation. Exactly. I, I've been here in Vegas for a while, and I plan to keep doing it. So uh, We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.